0: Are you looking to take your team to the next level and lead to your full potential? Then Leading with Purpose is the show for you. It's an hour of empowerment with your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Nathan is a business and leadership development coach, public speaker, and author. He's also a founder of Clutch Consulting and a member of the John Maxwell team. Nathan's purpose in life is to empower others, and that's how he helps businesses and leaders grow. He specializes in leadership training, improving communication in the workplace, and creating high-performance teams. So join Nathan and this week's guest as they provide you with the information and tools you need to effectively lead yourself and others. It's time for Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Here is your host, Nathan R. Mitchell.
1: Hey, welcome to episode number 34 of Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. If you're just now joining us or you've been with us for a while but aren't yet a subscriber, head on over to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Click on the iTunes link and get subscribed now so you never miss a single episode. Also, if you like what you hear on tonight's podcast and you find that it delivers value to you in some way, please leave us a positive rating and review on iTunes as well. As you know, my commitment to you is to bring you the very best guests, the very best content. So when I have experts like Dr. Lynette Reed, founder of Expectations to Reality and author of Fixing the Problem, making changes in how you deal with challenges, you're going to want to make sure that you have access to that information as soon as it is made available. And I promise you, being a subscriber is the absolute best way to do that. But before we begin our conversation with Dr. Reed on how leaders and individuals can really change their environment in order to gain control and live a better life in this constantly changing world that we live in, I would like to let you know, I would like to let you know a little bit more about her. Lynette is a writer, a researcher, facilitator on human potential and organizational development. Dr. Reed has mentored people from a variety of organizations, including businesses, not-for-profits, Schools, health agencies, chambers of commerce, government entities, and even churches. She has taught courses on world religion and culture, continuing education classes approved by the American Planning Association for Ethics, and team building and leadership training approved by the Texas Education Agency. Her literary contributions include an executive summary paperback. Titled Fixing the Problem, Making Changes in How You Deal with Challenges, as well as book contributions, articles, and even radio appearances. Lynette also has a series of children's books as well. She is a co founder and board member of the Institute for Soul Centered Leadership. Her academic background includes a doctor of ministry in spirituality, sustainability, and interreligious dialogue, and a master of science degree in communication sciences and, disorder, and disorders. Dr. Reed, welcome to tonight's show. How are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing, Nathan?
1: I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, evening to spend it with us, uh, to share your expertise on this topic that we're going to be talking about this evening, about how we can lead better lives, fix the problems, and overcome our challenges, as well as how we can build a sense of community in the workplace. So We've got a lot of things on our agenda this evening, but first I want to start here, and I ask my guests this every show that we do, tell me a unique fact about yourself, perhaps something that's... Most people may not know about you.
2: Well, the, the simple, easy ones are I like to travel and I like to um, hike, bike. I'm, a, I, I'm kind of an enthusiast with exercising in a fun way. But right. uh, the, the, the little known fact is that I actually won Noteworthy in a national songwriting competition for one of the songs that I write as a hobby. So, so that's my little claim to fame in the songwriting world.
1: <laughs> that's great. Well, a couple of questions off of that. What is the most exciting place you've ever been on your travel adventures? And if you play an instrument, what instrument do you play?
2: Well, I play the acoustic guitar very badly. Okay. Uh, and then I, I you know, I, I think for me, I, I, I like the uniqueness of each place I go. I don't know if I really have a favorite place, just because everywhere I go always has something new and and interesting to to follow. I do like, uh, I have a couple of I'm actually uh, from Texas. I live in Texas permanently, but I'm actually in uh, Gulf Shores at the beach this week. So I'm actually speaking to you from the beach. So that's one of my favorite places. And I like uh, the mountains also. We do go up to uh, Colorado occasionally. So those are my mainstays.
1: Well, that's fantastic. I actually started uh, playing guitar myself when I was in elementary school, and I actually got to the point where I was pretty good. Uh, in in high school, and then for one reason or another, I kind of dropped it when I got into college. And uh, so, if I tried to take it up again, I, I probably uh, would be, as you said, I would probably play the guitar uh, badly.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I've got enough of it down to be dangerous, is what I usually tell people. So
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, uh, congrats to you for for making the call to us from the beach. That's a lot more exciting uh, than where I am here in my home office. So I, I wish we could trade places.
2: Yeah, I hear it. I hear you. I think I think I'll pick the stay here. Where are you at? I'm not even to be honest with you, I'm not even sure where that is. Yeah.
1: I live in a small town called Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, just outside oh, yeah. of Texas.
2: So. I know actually where that is. Yeah, we live uh, close to Austin. So we're, okay. we're we're neighbors, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. You know,
2: Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, we're we're close to neighbors. <laughs>
1: Well, Dr. Reed, let's go ahead and get into this evening's interview. You know, one of the things that you mentioned on your website uh, is that you've learned in your personal and professional career that the sense of community really is essential. One of the things that you say is that it's the glue that holds people together. What's the best way for organizations to build a sense of community today?
2: Well, the short answer is become intentional. And so the way I kind of look at it is... Um, If you think of your company as layers, you know, when you're you're going to build a company, you're going to have your business plan and your product, and those are kind of one layer. But then the other layer is behavior and culture and things like that. And so when you take the business part of it and the kind of the humanity part of it, the human part of it, and you put them together, then you've strengthened it because now you have two layers bound together instead of the one. So when I'm talking about building community, I'm kind of talking about how do community in the workplace, how do you stay uh, connected? And that includes connected to uh, individual self, to other people. So that's things like interpersonal relationships and, and, and those types of things. And then also to the world because everything's kind of interconnected, and whenever you have an awareness for that and you utilize that as a tool in your business, it kind of helps to bind it in a way that you're not going to get if you don't find uh, value or don't put an intentional slant to how you're going to treat people and respond uh, in that that aspect also. So making sure that those two are, are connected strongly together really helps to... Uh, keep everybody working together in that same path.
1: You know, in the digital world that we live in today, do you find that it's easier for organizations to build a sense of community? And, and as we continue to move forward where we have more and more organizations that are, you know, having individuals working remotely, perhaps from, from home or whatever the case might be, um, or, or when you consider things like social media, is, it, is has it become easier for people to build a sense of community and to, and to engage and to develop those interpersonal relationships, or has it kind of complicated things? What do you think?
2: Well, you know, that's a real complex question, and that could probably be about three or four podcasts, but the short <laughs> answer would be that um, that I think that it's different. You know, you know, when you talk about people who grew up uh, in the early, you know, like in the 50s and 60s, they'll look at you and say, oh my gosh, things are changed. It's so much different. It's really hard. And I think we're in a society now where with the artificial intelligence and the internet of things, our lives are getting ready to change pretty dramatically. And I think the big challenge is going to be how do you maintain that sense of humanity within the the world that you're talking about? And I think, you know, things like if you're going to work remote, you know, how do you connect? Uh, To me, the, the, the key elements you look for when you're talking about building community is how are you connecting yourself to your individual person, how are you connecting yourself to other people, and then how are you connecting in in the more global aspect of it? And so, if your if your company kind of asks those three questions, whether it be remote or in person or a mix or through Skype or through you know s- some other venue, uh, being able to come up with ways to creatively do that is what's going to help build that stronger communities. You know, when you talk about social media. Uh, And a lot of people talk about things like body language. Well, when you you, you look at uh, like social media or texting, we're kind of coming up with our own little version of of body language with the emojis that we use and stuff like that. So people are kind of inherently seeking these connections. They're just having different ways that they can utilize them that we didn't have, you know, 10, 20 years ago
1: yeah so you know let's roll into conflict here a little bit and you know as i'm sure you know you know whether a business is family owned with just a handful of team members uh, or an organization of, is a fortune 50 size like i was when i worked with walgreens walgreens corporation for over 12 years all organizations will experience conflict at some point and what's the best way to reduce conflict at work and more importantly you know is there a way that we can be proactive as business owners and leaders in this process to to minimize it uh
2: yeah i think so um whenever I work with organizations one of the things that I find is that many times people let the conflict kind of escalate and then it takes on a life of it, its own because they kind of don't want to deal with it or it's you know it's something that doesn't seem important at the time so I would I would say for me the two things that you would want to do or the two best ways to reduce the conflict is to first of all don't let it escalate you know when there's a problem you know deal with it whenever it happens and then the second thing is to keep focus on the solving the problem sometimes we get into these blame games and talking about the past and if we just will just kind of uh, uh, keep the focus on solving the problem and moving on then we should probably be much more able to deal with that conflict than if we're focusing too much on the fact that it's a problem
1: yeah and and my assumption is as we move toward uh, being more remote organizations, this this ease of putting things off is probably becoming more of an issue and easier for leaders to do. Would that be a fair assessment to make?
2: Yeah. The other thing I find, there's a the thing out there right now called binary thinking. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but the way I understand it, and I'm sure there's people who know it much better than I, is that we're kind of getting into a society where we're looking at uh, one way or the other. And so... With this binary thinking, the goal is to try to make it so we can see more of the middle because we lose the sense of all the options to us when we do that.
1: All right, everyone. Well, you're listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, and Nathan Mitchell. Tonight on the show, we have Dr. Lynette Reed, author of Fixing the Problem, Making Changes, in How You Deal with Challenges. We will be right back after this short commercial break. Stay tuned with us. We're going to talk about a lot this evening. We'll be right back.
0: Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break.
3: Do you wish you had more focus? Do you wish you were more intentional about the things you need to get done to really start making progress in your business and leadership? If so, you need the Leadership Journal by Nathan R. Mitchell. The Leadership Journal is Nathan's empowerment project to help business owners entrepreneurs and leaders grow their business, empower their teams, and lead to their full potential in only 90 days. To begin reaching your full potential today, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com and claim your copy of the Leadership Journal now.
0: Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills, faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell.
1: Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. Before we get back to our interview with Dr. Lynette Reed, author of the book, Fixing the Problem, I would like to let you know that Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio is brought to you by Clutch Consulting, a business and leadership development company in Tulsa, Oklahoma, committed to its purpose of growing businesses and empowering people. If you would like to learn more about the services offered by Clutch Consulting and to apply, For a free coaching session, visit us on the web at ClutchConsulting.net. Lynette, welcome back to the show.
2: Hi, thanks.
1: In the first segment of tonight's episode, we were talking so far about how to build a sense of community in the workplace and how to... Minimize and be proactive in managing conflict in the workplace as well. Let's shift gears here a little bit. You know, one of the things you talk about in your book is this importance of a personal mission statement. And you know, the title of this podcast is "Leading with Purpose." So for myself and the listeners of this show, we may think of it as more as a purpose statement. For example, my company, Clutch Consulting, our purpose is to grow businesses and empowering people. I've got an accounting client here in Tulsa, and their purpose is to relieve financial stress. So with that being said, you know, how important is it uh, for team members today to view their careers as something more than just a job, you know, something to be a part of something that's bigger and better than themselves, to achieve significance in some way, and even perhaps contribute to a greater good?
2: Well, the studies suggest that uh, the way you connect in those those kind of elements, the greater good, you um, do impact us in that they give us a sense of value. They help us with relationships and things like that. So I think for people that listen to this show, it might be a little bit... Uh, of a, of a, yes, <laughs> that the, right. the, these things definitely do, you know, especially if you're someone who has already experienced uh, that. I think there's another element to that sort of the real challenge is for people who see the value in it, but they haven't yet experienced it and they don't understand it. And, and what I mean by that is um, if you already have uh, the embedded sense of this, um, but you don't understand what it feels like. Sometimes it's harder to, to, to kind of put it into, embed it into your, your process, so to speak. Um, I think of, uh, uh, with my colleagues, a lot of times what we talk about is the fact that. Um, how do you show somebody something they've never seen before?
3: Right. And so
2: when you, ha- so I don't, I don't know what the exact statistics are, but there is a, a couple of statistics out there that say that most managers will say that they think that these types of things have value, but then only about thirty percent of them, or something like that, actually do something with it. And so I think whenever you're trying to show them this, that's the big challenge. Um, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Indiana Jones movies, but there's this one scene in, uh, in one of the movies where he's standing in front of this big... Uh, open area, there's like a crevasse that he has to go across and he doesn't doesn't see a bridge, but he knows that there's something there, obviously, because something tells him that it's there, and so he kind of takes this leap of faith and jumps down and sure enough, he lands on this bridge, and then once he sees the bridge, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it And so I think, you know, as people start to experience that and see how the greater good can work, then I do think it becomes more and more valuable because it does connect you once again to people uh, in the ways that, you know, that we're talking about from these previous uh, topics is how do you connect to yourself to other people in the world in a way that's going to bring you into a sense of community that's for the greater good.
1: Well, let's break this down to the individual level. I mean, how important is a personal mission statement? And I, because we keep bringing up this topic of, of sense of self and, you know, I've been saying for a long time, that superior leadership really starts when you increase your self-awareness about who you are. Uh, where, where does an individual start to create a personal mission statement?
2: Well, uh, the, what, the way I have normally done it is about. is I've been doing this for about 25 years now and uh, one of the things that I have kind of put together is a little process and actually the, the personal mission statement's the first part of it and then the second part is um, matching your words and actions and then the third part is aligning your beliefs with the observational reality and so the first step which is the personal intentional mission statement basically what that's saying is okay um you as a person want to be a certain way you want something behaviorally that you can hold on to that's going to help you uh, become uh, the so to speak personality that you want to be and so you have to pick words that are actionable that you can control so for instance you couldn't really use the word happy because you can't really make you know sometimes you, you just can't make yourself happy but you can control whether you're friendly to people and you can right. control whether you're efficient and you can control you know all these other words so when you're talking about personal intentional mission statement you're talking about that kind of that hook word that's going to hold you and tether you to who you want to be as a person, and so you pick a couple of those, and then in the second step, you try to match your thoughts, words, and actions to those personal intention, and then that way you're continuing to move towards not letting other people upset you and frustrate you and have those types of controls you now have a way to kind of say, okay, there's a situation that's happening and either for the greater good or to make myself act in a way that I want to act or to not get mad about something, I'm going to focus all of my energy on attacking this situation with my words. Okay, so if I want to be friendly, I'm going to use friendly to deal with every situation that I throw out there.
1: Do you find that the majority of people are intentional about doing things like this, or do you find that, you know, this is something that just the majority of people don't do and they don't give themselves even the time to think about themselves and their life or their business in, in this really critical thinking type of way?
2: Yeah, uh, I think that that it is a challenge for a lot of people. Um, You know, whenever you're talking about how our society, you know, one of the things that they found throughout history is that as we invent things and and move along, we're moving faster and faster and faster. Right. Think about 50 years ago, you know, we had a landline. Well, now we have, you know, a cell phone and, you know, what's next? You know, so every, every century or every, you know, really every pretty much every year. Uh, of the in the world we have this speeding up process and so as we get faster and faster it might become more difficult to say okay i have to stop and become intentional about what i'm doing so that i'm not getting on this faster and faster train and losing track of the fact that i can stop and i can take a break for myself and i can uh, intentionally decide how I want to impact the world that I'm living in, you know, and and through through my business. You know, one example is uh, Ben and Jerry's. I think that they have uh, really put a mission together. I've talked a a couple of times to their uh, PR guy and uh, he, they have a very strong sense of who they want to be. If you go to their place in, I think it's in Vermont. uh, I've been there once and it's, it's got the feel of what they want. And I think this also impacts your brand, because if you have a very strong sense as a business of what your quote unquote personality or personal mission is on these behaviors, then everybody who works for you and everything that you do is going to build off of this, these words that you've used and that builds trust for your customers, for your employees, you know, customer service improves, things like that.
1: Yeah, and and staying on this this topic of skills and critical thinking skills in the workplace, you know, what's the real value of that, especially among leaders? And have you found that that has uh, become more important as technology has increased, or is it about the same? Or has technology even made this process easier for people?
2: Well, I have always thought of uh, critical thinking skills as kind of a broader way to view the world, okay? okay. So so with that definition, you know, it has to do with, uh, you know, like being able to research things and be self-aware. All of these things fit into the critical thinking skills because you're using a process to try to uh, problem solve and decide how to make, you know, how you make decisions and all and so I think it's always been important Um, it's just important in different ways depending on where you are and uh, who you are and I I think the value of critical thinking skills is that it helps you to look at situations from new ways or or be more open to diversity of people and ideas Um, it might even help you know because if you research instead of react to a situation then you know all of these things kind of work together to, to say hey let's stop a minute and decide which way we're going before we just jump into it
1: yeah absolutely right you know last week i had bob path author of communicating to win on uh on the podcast and we were talking about how soft skills you know are so important yet for one reason or another they're just not taught effectively if at all in the educational system in your professional opinion how important are the soft skills and can they really create a foundation for a business
3: Oh
2: oh yeah, definitely. Um I think it they can become very important. It goes back to that uh that that discussion i was having about layers and how you can strengthen your business uh the, the best example i have of it is if you think of you know like when they build a house now i'm not a builder but uh, you know I've, occasionally i have helped to build houses we have friends who who do that and so sometimes i'll get on and and help them i'll be the manual labor and so i've learned enough like once again to be dangerous with it <laughs> but, yeah but but uh but but, one of the things that they do is when they first build the house is they put uh, concrete, but in the concrete they put rebar. To kind of st- structurally make it a little bit more secure, and right. so if if you think of your business plan and your product as the concrete, to me the soft skills are like the rebar. You know, it, you can you can have uh, the foundation with just the business plan and the products, but if you if you put that rebar in, uh, it, it, those soft skills can really help with uh, you know think once again things like uh, uh, customer service, uh, you know how you interact, uh, conflict, you know all those things. Uh, because part of this process that you've created. And, and I think that, you know, that kind of even goes to when you're talking about corporate culture, you know, how do you how do you create that corporate culture? Well, it's by being intentional about how you want to put that stuff together.
1: Yeah, and for those who are listening to tonight's podcast, and maybe they are working for an organization that just doesn't have the training and development department or they're just not committed to training and developing their team members, but you have somebody that's a leader and they really want to improve in this area, what are maybe two or three things that you recommend that they could do to really improve their soft skills so they put themselves in a position where they can continue to uh, work their way up the, up the ladder, so to speak, and get promoted?
2: Well, to me, uh, the way I normally do it is, and it's like I said, it's kind of embedded into the process. Is um, the, the the three areas that I look at those elements? Uh, to me, those help to build everything. They build critical thinking skills, soft skills, all of those things. Because what the process is intended to do is to make you uh, more self-aware and intentional about how you do things. So my my suggestion would be: first of all, is to come up with a personal, in, a couple of personal intentional mission statements, and like I said, it has to be words that are adjectives that describe kind of who you want to be as a person and then of course if you're an organization who do you want to be as an organization and you can even sit down with everybody and have a little team building thing where everybody kind of talks about that if you're a small group that that's kind of working together and then the second one is you want to make sure to uh, match words and actions and then the third one is you want to align your beliefs in the observational reality which helps you not to judge people as good or bad or wrong or right
1: all right, everybody. You're listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. Tonight, we have Dr. Lynette Reed on the show with us. She is the author of the book, Fixing the Problem, Making Changes, and How You Deal with Challenges. We will be right back after this short commercial break. Stay tuned with us. We've got a couple of more questions for Lynette before we end tonight's show. You'll be so grateful you did.
0: Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break.
3: Nathan R. Mitchell, America's leading empowerment coach, founder of Clutch Consulting, and certified member of the John Maxwell team, is giving away his top selling book, Leading with Purpose, for free for a limited time. You can get Nathan's highly acclaimed book, which is full of 30 empowering tips. To help you transform your organization and your leadership, to claim your free ebook, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Opt in to receive the Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio Newsletter, and you will also receive Nathan's book as a special bonus. This is a limited time offer, so secure your copy today.
0: Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills, faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose, Empowering
1: Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. If you are listening to this podcast and you are interested in learning more about how you can create your own podcast to market and grow your business, you've got to check out Podcasters Paradise. I'm a member myself, and I could not be happier with the training and information that I have personally received. So for a limited special time offer, visit us at leadingthepurposeradio.com and click on the Resources tab to learn more about the Podcasters Paradise training program and membership site. Lynette, welcome back to the show. Hey, Thanks. I've got just a couple more questions for you, Dr. Reed. And I want to play off this. You You have a doctorate in ministry and spirituality. So let's change gears here for just a moment. How much of a role does spirituality play in business? And if so, what is that role? And ultimately, how can we apply it?
2: Well, actually, I started, you know, when people ask me how did I get into this business, it actually was uh, kind of in a roundabout way. I actually started with kind of this degree, and uh, one of the things that I started finding whenever I was researching it for my dissertation was that um, spirituality had a very broad definition as we all know and it's funny it's funny because uh the biggest challenge is finding the vocabulary to to work with the, the word spirituality um in fact in my since I've been working with businesses, I've heard, when I talk about spirituality, anything from uh, crystals to religion and everything in between. So, you know, it's very it's a, a very tricky conversation because people define it so differently. Right. Um, but uh, what what I found whenever I was researching it was that, you know, if you look at spirituality from its kind of core element, it comes from the root word spirituality. Uh, uh, spirit or breath which uh, in, in many different languages means breath or inspire. So when I'm talking about inspire, the way I kind of describe it to people, um, there are some businesses who are interested in talking about it from spirituality and some who want to speak about it from different perspectives like human p- potential. But if I'm talking about it from spirituality, what you can say is basically with every breath you take, you have an opportunity to create something. And so when you're talking about the spirit of your organization or... the spirit of yourself then it's once again going back to that that root of becoming intentional and having an intentional practice for how you're going to impact the world how you're going to impact your business how you're going to impact yourself as a person and so uh, as you're looking for those things um, you're going to find inspiration in in how you how you choose to do it and so uh, that 's actually where you know when I talk about this three step process that I have that 's actually where it came from was uh, I was um, finding as I was working with people in business that uh, these these elements kept coming up as kind of the 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 glue so to speak that 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 made people feel trust and authenticity and uh, and, and kind of all these things and so um, you know whenever you Look at this you know your spirit or your core self, and you say, "Okay, who do I want to be as a person? What do I want to do with all these uh, uh, individual breaths I have uh, you can say okay i'm want to be i want to be a friendly person I want to be a helpful person, it, however you want to pick that and define it then that 's going to be how you look at it and then if you make your words and actions match that's going to give you the trust and authenticity because people will know that when they're talking to you if if you're consistent with that and your business is consistent with those words then you're gonna they're going to know what they're going to get when they come to you you if you know what i mean and uh, yeah. and the last last one is uh to me this is the really difficult one is Looking at it from the perspective of not judging people uh, as good or bad or wrong or right, but kind of really looking at more of the situation. This is actually one of a one of the elements that a lot of people tell me has been very helpful for them because a lot of times when we have anything like conflict or we're trying to figure a problem out, you know, with critical thinking and all that, we're saying, okay, this person did it wrong, or or that was that was a bad way to look at it. And when we do that, it kind of takes the value of things or people away. So whenever you can say, look, it's not good or bad or wrong or right, it's just a situation we have to deal with, then you're you're giving people the opportunity to still have value in your business, but you're dealing with the problem. And and then you can say, let's deal with the problem and not look at it as a value-driven thing of what's good or bad or wrong or right. And those four, three things seem to, over the years, they, they have held pretty constant that Uh, When companies do those, you know, using their own uh, way of looking at it or or combining them, that they can really uh, impact the way they do their business. And there's a lot of businesses out there that do it uh, who, you know, who don't really think of it as that kind of a process, but they have inherently figured out a way to uh, integrate that into what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and you, know, you mentioned that there's numerous definitions for spirituality, and organizations and individuals look at it in so many different ways from numerous perspectives. In your yeah. professional, in your professional coaching and consulting, have you found that organizations are more open to this idea today, or are they more averse to it?
2: It's changing. Uh, You know, many years ago when I first started, it was a a kind of a lone voice in the wilderness kind of feeling. There were about four or five of us that I found who, you know, kind of talked about spirituality in the workplace. But I think it's, it's actually really growing. If you Google spirituality in the workplace right now, you'll see numerous articles on it that you can read to learn more about how people are doing it or utilizing it. And, you know, some of them are doing it from a religious perspective. You know, like you've seen where businesses will have a meditation room or yoga or um, they'll do prayer groups even in some businesses, just depending on what their picture of spirituality is. Uh, But then, uh, uh, you you know, you just kind of have to decide on an individual basis how much you want it to have. And really these elements, too, even if you don't call them spirituality, they are still um, elements that that kind of impact all these things we're talking about, the greater good. Uh, there's a there's a place in, MIT actually has an organization called Presence Inst- Presencing Institute that's it's kind of started by Otto Scharmer, and he's an economist uh, at MIT and he has kind of taken kind of this same concept but put it from a slant of economists and they actually look at capitalism and I guess the concept of world peace so you know it's emerging in in many different ways now that you did not see it in the past so I do think yeah you know, that it has a lot of uh, uh, leg leg room to come and, and become uh, an aspect for businesses where businesses can say um, yeah I, you know I'd like to try some of the spirituality in the workplace and See how it works. Um, in fact, the um, University of Arkansas has a, uh, a their business department has, a, or business school has a uh, spirituality in the workplace uh, division where they actually teach it at the university.
1: Well, and then where's the best place for people to learn more about you? I mean, I know that you have given a lot of expertise on tonight's show, but there's, I'm sure there's people listening that want to learn more about your coaching, your consulting, your processes. Maybe you want to reach out to you to see how you can help them. So a couple of questions. Where's the, best pe- where's the best place for people to go to do that? And what's the best place for people to get a copy of your book, Fixing the Problem?
2: Oh okay, Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I I enjoyed enjoyed visiting with you. It was it was fun to talk to you. Um, The easiest way to get in touch with me is probably through my website. There's a contact form, and then my email is also on there. So feel free to email me. In fact, if uh, any of the uh, the things I talked about, you would like some links, I do have a kind of a series of links that are available that I can send people that would like uh, some more reading materials to on the topic, Um, and then they can also email me if they have any more questions. Um, I do work both remotely and uh, in person. You know, I use I like to use that technology.
3: <laughs> me too. So-
2: Yeah, so so you know I am available both ways. And then as far as the book, uh, you can get it on Amazon for the uh, low low price of uh, on Kindle. It's just three ninety nine. So it's very yeah, it's very easy. It's an older book. I'm actually working on a new book right now that's a little bit thicker and more inclusive, and it's it'll be done soon. Uh, But uh, but that's a, a good starting point. And then also on my website, I I kind of set it up to be a little bit educational. If you go to the homepage, and you you go down to where it says get started and you click on the more button, you can, it'll actually kind of take you through a process for doing the personal intentional mission statement, kind of walk you through that a little bit. So, so there's lots of options there for that.
1: Yeah. And for those of you listening, if you go to leading with I will post those show notes later this evening. And I will actually link directly to Dr. Lynette's uh, Reed's website for you. So you easily have that. But for those who are listening, uh, Dr. Reed, what's that URL for them?
2: It is uh, www.expectations, and that's E X P E C T A T I O N S, with got a little S on the end of it, dash reality.com.
1: All right. Well, Dr. Reed, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I really appreciate your expertise and your contribution to the show.
2: Hey, thanks a lot. Have a great day.
1: You too. All right, everybody. You've been listening to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. Have a great evening. We will talk to you soon. Good night.
0: You've been listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio with host Nathan R. Mitchell. To learn how Nathan can help you get better business results and lead you to your full potential faster, visit Clutch Consulting on the web at www.clutchconsulting.net. You can also download episodes of